Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is definitely a most wonderful time of the year. That is the Christmas song I have in my head. Hello, Luke. What Christmas song do you have in your head? Well, I guess that one, since you've been singing it the entire time we've been getting ready to do the show. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I, fe talk I feel like there was a Christmas song I've had in my head this week, and I now yeah. that you've been singing that one this whole time, it's totally it's gone. Uh. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Maybe we should go out clubbing with a new or the the prime minister of Finland. She's in trouble for clubbing because of the corona. Clubbing, okay. Clubbing. I have been I haven't been in the club since uh, Nixon was president, but. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she? She got in trouble because she's not supposed to be clubbing. Yeah, shouldn't be. She well, the, if the clubs are trouble. open, mm -hmm. then why shouldn't? If the clubs are open, shouldn't people be clubbing? I'm confused. Well, she was uh, uh, in contact with someone that had COVID, and then she oh, she didn't clubbing after it. She didn't. Uh, would it, quarantine? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yes. Ah. Yeah. She's like, ah, uh, so she... just give a bunch of people COVID, it's fine. <laughs> She's the uh, Finland's answer for uh, the Paul brothers. <laughs> right, well, maybe they were hanging out. Maybe that was... She's like, I gotta, maybe I gotta uh, go to the club to meet Jake Paul. That's probably what happened. Probably. Uh, yeah, so, uh, are you in a Christmas mood? It's feeling more like Christmas, a little bit. I, I don't know, this week was slowly starting to feel like Christmas, like Christmassy or whatever, you know, that Christmas feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but not 100% Christmassy yet, um, a little bit. I've been doing some Christmas lights and things like that, so, I mean, that mm -hmm. it's starting to feel more like Christmas, but I'm not quite in the full Christmas mode yet, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm in Christmas mode, full Christmas mode. Are you? With all my presents, yeah. Okay. Everything is fixed. I'm ready for Santa Claus to come down my chimney and spank me. <laughs> is that how that works in Norway? Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Spankings in Norway is what mm -hmm. is what it, we we get coal when we're bad, or is the spankings when you're good? That's when you've been very, very good looking. Oh, okay. So, see, it just depends on who you are. He knows when you're, you've are you been sleeping, and he knows when you're awake, which is kind of creepy. When you think about it for, like, even half a second, you think about it, you're like, wait, this old man, fat old man, is mm -hmm. looking at little kids while they're sleeping. Hmm, all right, well, mm -hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's uh, why in him. Uh, that's why Chris Hansen is not getting any Christmas gifts from Santa. <laughs> is that why Chris Hansen? What Chris Hansen never did anything wrong. He's the guy that catches people. He's he would be waiting at the bottom of the chimney. Santa Claus comes down out of the chimney. He's like, "Hi there, my name's Chris Hansen." <laughs> you, oh, you didn't bring? Oh, they. You thought those cookies were for you? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. What do you got in that uh, bag there, mister? Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, when the song says he knows when you be naughty, he knows when you be nice. Think, how do you qualify that? Uh, I guess it depends on if you're a, a psychopathic international CEO of a company or not. <laughs> Because if you've been naughty and you're that guy, then yeah, I don't, I don't know how you. Yeah. I don't know. You could get like one of these multi-billionaires coal, and they would be like, "All right, well, now I'm going to use this to like, I'm going to burn the coal and ruin the environment as well as like uh, exploit yeah. workers using the coal you've yeah. given me." Thank you, Santa. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, uh, welcome to a silly start of a silly podcast. <laughs> it's a Christmassy start. I, I'm, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I gotta do more Christmas shopping too, but, uh, yeah, it's starting to feel like Christmas, I guess. I, I hope I get from you what I got last year and the year before. Uh, joy and, and happiness, is that what I gave yes. you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, joy and happiness. Uh, anyway, uh, talking about Christmas and uh, Christmas party, because that's what you do. When you don't go clubbing, you go Christmas partying. Uh, if you had to guess, without watching the news, because we, we're going to talk about this, where would you guess the biggest outbreak of Omicron would be? I mean, it's hard to say, I guess, but... Um... I mean, it started. We, the first place we heard about it was South Africa, and then the yeah. next place was like the UK, right? Was like the next big. Yeah. So I would probably say the UK, UK or the US. I would say, well, Omicron outbreak at Norway Christmas party is the biggest outbreak outside South Africa. Holy moly! It says at least thirteen people in Oslo have been infected with the Omicron variant. Uh, following a corporate Christmas party described as a super spreader event, and the numbers could rise over, oh, could rise to over sixty. The outbreak took place at a Christmas party on November twenty-sixth, organized by SACTEC, a renewable energy company, which has, which has operations in South Africa. Okay, mm -hmm. the party has been a super spreader event. Uh, a senior physician at the Norwegian Institute of Public Health. Preben A Avitsland uh, told Reuters, mm -hmm. uh, our hypothesis is that at least half of the 120 participants were infected with the Omicron variant during the party. This makes, uh, the, this, makes this the largest Omicron outbreak outside of South Africa. Right. How fucking unlucky do you need to be 
to work for a company that has a lot of like <laughs> dealings with South Africa and then you go to dinner and you are eating like pork belly and you think mmm yummy yummy this tastes good thank you for the Omicron right it's just the outbreak the outbreak sorry led to the Norwegian government reintroducing some restrictions to curb the spread of COVID-19 uh the first person in Oslo confirmed as infected had attended a had attended the party where at least one person uh, and one person who was an employee had just returned from South Africa. So that's obviously where that came from. Uh, and it says they're reintroducing some restrictions. Have you heard? Is that affecting you at all? Where you are? No, uh, but at least uh, not yet. Not yet, but uh, they are closing things down. So. But I'm carefully, anyway, I'm never outside, so. <laughs> sure, right. <clears throat> uh, I was just wondering if, like, any businesses had shut down or if they'd done any no, restrictions as far as, like, uh, yeah. Because you, you guys had gotten rid of most of, if not all, restrictions, right? Yeah. With Before it, this? Yeah. yeah, okay, that's what I yeah, thought. yeah. So people were a little like worried that uh, they needed to close things down because yeah this is, is I mean this is a huge outbreak like 120 people were at this party so they kind of have to like follow them everybody from that party and see like how they if they spread something as well Sure right I mean they're it's, saying 60 but I guess that's just kind of up in the air right now right Yes, sixty that I is 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 uh, that had it, yeah. But right. it was a hundred and twenty there, as I am to understand. So that's like a potential. But that's yeah. all. But that's almost half of of the people that was there. So that's. Uh, I would guess it's going to probably be higher than that by the time everything pans out that's my guess uh yes that's what i'm thinking as well but we don't really know how many people that was uh, as i understand it uh, at least we don't know how many people were uh, from south africa that was there so well at least one that we know yes, of at right? least one yes and that's all it really takes i guess another question is how many of these people were i would assume most of them were vaccinated uh to be attending this christmas party like Maybe not, though, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I don't know. Right. I, I, it's hard I, to tell. I, yeah. It's, it's uh, weird. Uh, do you think Omicron was a banned uh, word in the Epstein uh, household? Yeah, he doesn't like Decepticons. He's a... He does not... He's, he like, he's, a, he's an Optimus Prime guy that Epstein was, I guess. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he really, much, he really much liked it. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, he was not. A, he didn't like the Decepticons. Uh, before he he didn't kill himself or did kill. I mean, he did kill himself. That's what I meant. What uh, is in the bizarre list of banned words then? Uh, it says here. Uh, workers at Jeffrey Epstein's home were told how to speak according to a household manual. The manual has been submitted as evidence in the current uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trial, which we which started last week. Um, 
workers in the house were forbidden from saying words and phrases like yeah and no problem uh smile at, smile at all times no direct eye contact never say yeah worker workers at jeffrey epstein's florida home were informed on how to respond and act around him and longtime girlfriend Ghislaine maxwell in a household manual okay i i guess th we should point out la last week we talked a, a lot about this case and one of the big things that the defense was bringing up is that she wasn't her and epstein were not like cohorts right he was that's the defense is that they weren't um she wasn't his number two she was just being coerced into doing all this stuff right that, that's the defense that's happening right now uh we're seeing this manual uh that comes out and right in it it says the manual manual recently submitted to evidence in the ongoing trial federal prosecutors have accused maxwell of sex trafficking girls with epstein uh epstein's longtime housekeeper in, interpreted the strict household guidelines as a kind of warning that i was supposed to be blind deaf and dumb according to testimony uh during the trial uh the housekeeper says, this is a quote, Remember that you see nothing, hear nothing, say nothing, except to answer any questions directed towards you. Uh, so, it, it, not only was this, these words in this manual, they were talking about uh, addressing Epstein, but it, this manual was also set to address Maxwell, uh, meaning she was put on the same level in this manual as Epstein was, right? Meaning that, uh, this, this doesn't make her look like she's the, you know, low man on the totem pole when she's like, uh, the house, the lady of the house, clearly, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, it's probably that she, she is, I mean, it's so weird. Like smile at all times. No eye contact. Never say yay. Like, what, what kind of rules? Uh, I don't know. Ask, ask Ellen. Uh, <laughs> that's the first thing it reminded me of wow. is, is Ellen. No <laughs> eye contact. No eye contact. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, uh, some of the banned uh, words yeah. and phrases in the 58-page manual for workers. Holy moly. In the house. Holy moly. Uh, some of the words included, uh, yeah. Sure, no problem. You bet. Gotcha, right? And I don't, I don't know. Instead, don't workers know. were encouraged okay. to say things like, "My pleasure. I would be very pleased to." And you are quite right. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the manual reads: uh, "What you say is important as what you do. Your language must include good diction, exclude swear words and slang. Pay attention to how to, how you speak to Mr. Epstein." Miss Maxwell and their guests. So that just shows, like, mm. she's right there in the manual as, like, the person you're supposed to... Uh, mm. Yeah, other directions in the manual include what to say when entering a room, how to respond or compliment, uh, and how to cr criticize, and how to answer the telephone. Workers were not allowed to eat or drink in front of Epstein and Maxwell and reminded to smile at all times and avoid direct eye contact. Right. I guess the big part of this whole story is that uh it goes against everything like i said her uh her defense is trying to say uh to defend her it says here maxwell's attorneys and family members have argued for decades 
that the relationship with Epstein has been overstated. The indictment against Maxwell alleges she and Epstein ran a, a child sex trafficking ring. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, this, of course, uh, them saying that she that this relationship was overstated. Uh, obviously, when you read this and she's like put in the ma the manual as somebody who you're mm -hmm. supposed to look up to uh, as an employee. I don't know how over. I don't know if that's overstated. I guess is my point. Yeah, no, I I feel exactly the same. It it kind of disproves her her theory of no, no, no. I wasn't in charge at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I was. I I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't the number two. I was. I guess her her real defense up to up until this point has been like I was coerced into it, just like all these other women were. Mm -hmm. Um. But that does not seem to be the case here. Uh, is, I mean, from what we're seeing, uh, we're also another thing that came out is he paid her over the time that they were together something like thirty million dollars, uh, and also gifted her a helicopter. By the way, so wow, mm -hmm. yeah, that's uh, if anyone wants to give me something for Christmas, an, an helicopter, sure. Cool. Do that. I guess she was taking uh, helicopter flying lessons, and he was like, oh, well, you need a helicopter if you're taking lessons. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to start taking, like, gold-making lessons. <laughs> well, alchemy? Some you're going to take alchemy do, yeah. lessons? Okay. I'm going to take alchemy lessons so people give me gold. Yeah. Uh, somebody else that was con conversed this week, uh, see what I did there. Uh, they were conversed out of their position in CNN. Was uh, Chris Cuomo? 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 Cuomo. 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 Yeah. Chris Cuomo has been fired from CNN. Uh, a journalist uh, who is the brother of Andrew Cuomo has been suspended indefinitely, or was suspended indefinitely from the news network in November. Uh, mm -hmm. The Department of Justice is currently investigating the sexual harassment claims made against his brother. While Andrew stepped down from public office in August, he was replaced and was replaced by Kathy Huchel. Uh, Cuomo had kept his job at CNN uh, and sidestepped coverage of the controversy due to familiar conflict interests. However, it came to light that Cuomo had close ties to his brother's defense. Many employees at CNN were still angry that he had maintained his role at the network. Uh, now t CNN has terminated Cuomo's employment as they have determined that the longtime TV personality inappropriately used his influence and resources as a journalist to gather information about his brother's accusers. Um, mm. I feel like we even kind of like speculated this at the time that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he was running defense for his brother, right? Mm. He did, yeah. Um, what what we're hearing is that not only that he was running defense, but he was actually looking up. Uh, he was trying. He was using his contacts as a journalist to get dirt on uh, his brother's accusers to try to you know muddy their um, their story. I guess really, he was trying mm -hmm. to find things to to make them look bad. I'm assuming uh, yeah. using his. Uh, you know, celebrity as a as a journalist to try to what defend his brother's sexual harassment. 
Yeah, it seems like that, that was the clue. And also he interviewed him on CNN, so it's like there's so many like uh, things that I, I... I understand why he's fired from CNN. I feel, seems... I feel like he should have probably been fired way before this. Um, oh, definitely. I guess what happened is the the current owner of CNN is or the current CEO or the person who runs it, whatever he's leaving and they brought in a new person. And that's where you're seeing a lot of changes happening. Like mm. the old, the person who used to run CNN probably was covering for Chris Cuomo, probably friends. They probably whatever. And now that there's mm -hmm. new leadership there, they probably looked at it and went, we can't have, this is ridiculous. You can't, um, keep this guy on when there's so much controversy around him. You're just asking for us to get uh, screwed, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's all these other things that the Cuomos are accused of as well. Uh, there's a lot of really bad things uh, that the, the t not just the one brother, but both brothers seem to be involved in. And so, as a company, I can see CNN being like, this is bad news, but you would, like I said, you would have thought that they would have assumed this way before now. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think maybe it fall, felt through the uh, glimpse when they were, like, switching he head off CNN. That could be as well. That they were like, eh, me, I don't really want to do that. I like them. And then the new CEO comes in and kind of, like, have new eyes. Oh, yeah, I have, I have a feeling there's probably some uh the one person was probably you know buddy buddy with them and was like right. oh i'm not i'm not like i'll suspend you but it seemed like yeah. they suspended him indefinitely and that like they were kind of just waiting for him for all of it to mm. blow over so they could bring him back onto air and yeah, then when yeah. this investigation came out that uh, found that he was using his contacts at CNN to mm. manipulate the story about his brother uh, I think that's when they were like, okay, this is it's gone too far at this point, so. I agree. Uh, gone too far, you say? Uh, yeah, the U.S. Uh, has gone too far uh, many, many times. Uh, for example, when they spied on Julian Assange. Well, not according to themselves. Right, the U.S. has stonewalled a probe uh, into security firm that allegedly spied on Assange for the CIA, says the Spanish judge. The Justice Department has failed to respond to multiple requests from Spanish authorities to help an investigation into a local security firm suspected of using the CIA, oh, suspected to be used by the CIA to conduct aggressive and potentially illegal surveillance of Julian Assange uh, since June of last year, Spanish judges have sent three requests for information from the Justice Department seeking information about the ownership of IP addresses believed to be in the U.S. that have access uh, to files documenting Assange's activity while he was in the Ecuadorian embassy uh, in London, according to copies of requests reviewed by Yahoo. Uh, despite mutual legal assistance uh, between U.S. and Spain, uh, pledging to assist each other in criminal investigations, none of the Spanish requests have yet to uh, 
have any responses from the U.S., a judge said. Hmm. Instead, the Justice Department have <laughs> asked Spanish authorities for more information about the basis for the inquiry. Right. How weird how that works. Like, one-sided. Uh, yeah, I... I it, it seems like they don't want people to know what really went down. Uh, and the Spanish no. court is say it's trying to figure out whether anything illegal happened with uh, with a Spanish uh, security firm. Uh, so mm -hmm. they're not they're just all they want is information from the U.S. about this Spanish security firm that they are saying probably was working with the CIA, and there's evidence that they were. Uh, chief among the puzzle pieces is whether the U.S. Intelligence officials arranged for Spanish security firm UC Global to violate Spanish privacy and bribery laws by installing cameras and hidden microphones inside the embassy, including in the women's bathroom, where Assange would sometimes take meetings. Wow. Uh, this, in turn, allowed company to secretly record and otherwise eavesdrop on Assange with his lawyers, doctors, advisors, journalists, and others including, in one case, a U.S. congressman, according to documents from the case, so. Wow, that's saying something. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, what they're, this is coming out of, um, well, it says, it even says here, uh, this has taken on a new significance in recent weeks in the aftermath of the other Yahoo News report that documented how under Mike Pompeo, the CIA uh, had a covert operation to cripple WikiLeaks and ultimately uh, plans to abduct Assange in a so-called snatch operation, right? Yeah, it's uh, pretty terrible when it comes that far. Uh... I think there should be more discussion of this kind of stuff. Like, people are... Uh, uh, it seems like we've totally gotten away from the whole, like, uh, oh, we need to worry about the... worry about journalism and worry about journalists. It's... We've gotten <laughs> totally past that now. It's like, uh, Chris mm. Cuomo uh, can just lie about his brother, and, you know, he's been fired now, but he... If the most recent things had not come out, Chris Cuomo would probably be back on air doing his thing, whatever. Uh, but then when you're Julian Assange uh, revealing actual, doing actual journalism, uh, you're persecuted by the United States. And I, it, we go into how this all kind of started with Trump, but Biden is not, you know, stopping this attack on journalism. No, and it's it's so incredibly sad. It is it is so incredibly sad to see that happening, and I uh, I don't see a solution for it either. That's maybe what is even more sad. I saw I read an article, or was it yesterday or or day before? Um, there's rumors going around that the Assange, the judge in the 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 case. Uh, she's going to make a ruling probably towards the end of this month, maybe around the beginning of January. So we're very close to there being a ruling on the um, extradition case with the U.S. Do you think it will happen? It would set a terrible precedent if they extradite him. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them doing it, but I guess it's possible. It would be a huge. 
uh, it would be a huge story if they do extradite him, I guess. Yeah. Sadly, I think it will happen. And that's my cup of tea. But, uh, yeah. I guess we'll see. I, I yeah. it, it, it almost seems like they're trying to make an example out of him, and they don't even care at this point if they extradite him. They, yeah. They'd be... The U.S. seems like they'd just be happy for him to die in prison uh, in in yeah. the U.K. They're just like they just want to make an example of somebody for revealing the secrets of the things that they did bad, but the things that they did, they did wrong. Right. Well, let's go to Havana, na na na. Yeah, you know that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Havana syndrome. Uh, review uh, by the U.S. Uh, finds no answers to mystery of Havana Syndrome. For months, the CIA and government scientists have worked to find the cause of the chronic (laughs) ailment reported by intelligence officers and diplomats, but intelligence officials have not found any hard evidence to point to any cause. There are no intelligence intercepts implicated in... in, There are no intelligence intercepts implicating any... Oh, adversarial spy services. No one has detected any microwaves or other readings of energy pulses, or any other weapons that could be to blame. Okay. Uh, So they have no idea, is what they're saying. Uh, Some officials say they still remain remain convinced Russia is involved, and CIA Director William Burns delivered a warning during his Moscow trip last week, which we talked about. Uh, The trouble -hmm. trouble developing evidence shows the difficulty of the problem and suggests that... uh, Absent a big breakthrough of evidence uh, of someone or some thing using a device or an informant telling the CIA uh, what is actually afoot, getting answers will be slow, frustrating, and potentially contentious process. Uh, some outside experts have raised the possibility that the symptoms are a psychosomatic reaction to stress. Uh, a so-called functional illness, a suggestion rejected by many government officials. Mm. Yeah, so what do you think they will find out in the future? Will we find anything out? Or will we hear the cricket theory again? Uh, well, the, every when I was doing research about just this new... Uh, report that came out uh, saying that they have no evidence as to what it is, but they, 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 they're they, kind of ruling out the idea of a microwave weapon because they've tested mm. whether or not that that's even possible, uh, and there there's no technology available that we know of that could do that, right? Uh, right. This is kind of like the, the UFO scenario where it's like, mm. we don't know what these UFOs are, and we don't know how they're doing what they're doing. Uh but I think that the idea of a psychosomatic reaction is probably the most uh, logical, Plus, yeah, plausible, plausible yeah. thing to me. I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree. I I think it's plausible. I I didn't think it for the longest time, but it seems like yeah, it it seems like it, uh, psychosomatic syndromes are are. Are uh, more stronger than than uh, I thought they were, but then uh, again, people can imagine a lot of things. So 
or is that... Yeah, it says direct energy, such as microwave, remains one of the theories, but so far the CIA has been unable to collect any hard evidence that shows any of the people suffering from Havana Syndrome have been hit with some sort of energy pulse. Uh, agencies are searching for clues they may have missed that could help unravel the mystery. The examination included the FBI, NSA, and CIA, and, review mm-hmm. and involves reviewing forensic evidence, including... Uh, surveillance tapes from embassies and the government is putting measures in place to detect any direct energy weapons aimed at American diplomats. Uh, uh, okay. So we have like things in place to see, like we're testing uh, currently uh, probably in embassies to see if they're being attacked by things and there's no evidence has come out that any kind of weapon is being used to attack these people, even though we're currently blaming Russia for the thing that we have no evidence of it happening. Uh, what do you see your experience with uh, Joel Austin look? Uh, uh, just like what I know from him online, he's kind of a meme. Uh, he's, he, a he's, meme. I guess, yeah, he's known as like uh, the guy who refused to let people into his church when there was, like, a massive flood, right? I remember that whole thing. Mm. Yeah, no, it's... It's uh, it's uh, one of those guys that I remember, like, when I grew up, uh, like, in in the 20s, I, I heard about him the first time, like, with his mega churches and things like that. Right. Uh, and I... I I still remember, like, him on... I don't think he was on, like, Norwegian TV, even. I mean, he's very popular with older people here. Like, uh, people over 60, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's other younger people that like him, but when I think of him, I think of little old ladies watching the 700 Club in the middle of the day, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh... There's a plumber uh, that uh, hit the jackpot this week, that's for sure. Yeah, I've got a little extra news on this, actually. But just, si- yeah, it just came out. Right, seven years ago, uh, <laughs> Houston megachurch, uh, Lakewood Church, uh, led by Joel Austin, the prominent televangelist, reported that $200,000 in cash and $400,000 in checks had been stolen from a church safe. Last month, the money has been discovered not by detectives, but by a plumber fixing a toilet inside the church's bathroom. The plumber revealed the discovery Thursday when he called in to a Houston radio show. Uh, There was a loose toilet on the wall, and we removed the tile. He said in a FM radio show, We went to go remove the toilet, and I moved some insulation away, and about 500 envelopes fell out of the wall. Uh, The plumber said he had contacted a maintenance supervisor and then gave the church the envelopes uh, right so they the church uh, he'd return the money to the church right so what we're hearing now this is just came out today where is this the plumber who discovered the money in the wall of Jill Austin's Lakewood church gets $20,000 reward uh, from Crime Stoppers of Houston the envelopes were discovered behind the loose toilet um, evidence suggests the recovered checks were from uh, were connected to the March 20, uh, 2014 theft. Crime Stoppers of Houston said in a statement, back then Crime Stoppers of Houston offered up a $5,000 reward uh, for the 
Oh, in 2014, right. And so now they're giving uh, giving this guy a reward for actually uh, finding the money. I, I just have a strange feeling that... Uh, like, who do you think took the money, I guess? Uh, Joel Osteen. Yeah, I have a feeling this might be an inside job, I guess is my thought. <laughs> that they reported it missing and then hit yeah. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's alleged, and we have no evidence of that, but... Let me no. just... Like, 2014 is how many years ago? Uh, eight years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Seven and a half, eight years ago. And this person who, for whatever reason, is not part of the church anymore... Stole this money, hid it in the church, didn't take it with them, right? They stole it and didn't take the money with them when they stole it. They just hid it in the church and then never came back for it? Is that what we're supposed to assume? Right. Yeah, no, I I don't believe that in it at all. I mean, what's a more... Is that a more logical or is the more logical conclusion that somebody who is still in the church stole it and hid it in, in the church so that they, they could come back for it because they're still in the church. That makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Whether I don't... I'm not blaming Joel Alstein Aust- specifically. I'm just saying somebody put it in... Hit it in the church so that they could come back to get it in the church, I would assume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's so much money back then uh, as well. Like, it, it's even more money now, but holy moly. Uh, then... Uh, we have this very weird thing that we're going to talk about, but uh, we we need to be a little uh, cautious because it it does contain some artillery uh, shield from the World War Two and uh, an ass. The bomb squad called to the uh, ER in. England, I guess, after a patient turned mm-hmm. up with a World War II artillery shell lodged in his rectum from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A bomb disposal e- expert were co- uh, was called to Gloucester, England, after a man told doctors there was a World War II anti-tank shell inside of him. The explosive ordnance disposal team arrived at uh, the hospital on Wednesday morning after hearing that the patient had presented... Uh, had presented with munition in his rectum, a spokesman for uh, the hospital said. The item had already been removed by doctors by the time the bomb squad arrived, uh, and the EOD then confirmed that it was not live, therefore not a danger to the public. Uh, This was first reported by The Sun. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. Doctors at the hospital said that he slipped and fell on the shell. <laughs> I don't believe that for one second. That is in, it's in quotes, slipped and fell, mm-hmm. in quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the media outlet reported that the shell was part of his m- memorabilia collection. So he is a military collector, mm-hmm. and he was, I don't know, uh, cleaning his collection or something, and mm-hmm. slipped on a banana peel of some type, or... I don't know, how, wh- how do you think this happens? Where you just... Whoops! Slipped on a. There was a wet floor sign. There was a little puddle of water. I don't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe it. Look, that's what uh, what happened. Yeah. I mean, uh, I why? But if if this was, mm, let's 
I guess the uh, implication is that maybe he was sexually pleasuring himself in some way with this. Yes. There are, they make things to do that with that are specifically designed to, you know what I'm saying? For that uh, purpose that you can go buy on many websites online. If any of those websites want to sponsor us, get a hold of us. But the, the idea that, oh... I'm uh I'm a little peckish. I feel like I need to, you know what I mean. I, I need to uh, relieve myself of some of this stress, and then seeing a bullet on the <laughs> wall, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when the man was asked how it felt, he said it felt like a bomb. <laughs> 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 the bomb. <laughs> no. No, that, that didn't quote. actually happen. Or <laughs> no, but that would be very funny. Uh, so, I think uh, there are many ways to get around taking the COVID vaccine. Uh, what is uh, one of the things that you would use to uh, not get the COVID vaccine? What was something I would use? I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, uh, I was thinking like maybe religious reasons you could use. Haven't people tried uh, that? I think people have tried that. I think there was actually, like, in New York, I think there was, like, uh, some religious exemptions or something. I think that actually is a thing. Uh, right. I don't know what, I don't know what the best way to, I don't, I don't want to even suggest a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Take a, take a fake arm into uh, the COVID vaccine testing would maybe help. A fake arm, okay. You'd have to have yeah. a really, I don't know, seems like a nurse or doctor who who is doing a shot would know the difference between a real arm and a fake arm, but let's see what this no. dentist in Italy is facing possible criminal charges after trying to receive a coronavirus in a fake arm. Uh, what? The fake arm was made of silicone. A nurse in the north city of Belay, Belay, uh, said she could tell right away that something was off when a man presented the phony limb on Thursday. Uh, when I uncovered the arm, I felt the skin was cold and gummy, and the color was way too light, uh, she told an Italian newspaper. She said initially she thought the 57-year-old man may be an amputee and had g- mistakenly given her the wrong arm. Uh, I understood immediately the man was trying to avoid vaccination by using the silicone prosthetic, into which he hoped that she would inject the drug. The nurse said the man acknowledged that he did not want the vaccine, but he wanted to obtain a health pass, which from Monday will be required to enter restaurants, cinemas, and theaters in Italy. Okay. So that was his attempt to, like, get the pass without having to take the... Right. Yeah. What the utter, utter moron. I wonder if this has worked anywhere. Like, I guess, like... You're never. That's never gonna work because you'd. Ha- how realistic would the arm have to be? Number one, it have to be like, it would have to be heated, so that it like felt like a normal, like it felt like the temperature of a human body. <laughs> yeah. And then you would also have to have like yeah. fake veins in there that were actually moving blood around because the nurse is gonna have yep. to look and find the vein to do the injection, right? Or no? I guess right. when I got the shot, they just jammed it in my arm. They didn't do the vein thing, did they? Yeah, they just jammed in my arm. So I but guess... Uh, yeah, maybe. But maybe even then, if like, you're... if you're a nurse, it's... you're going to be like, oh, there's yeah. no veins in this arm. That seems strange. How do you not have any <laughs> veins in your arm? 
Then you say, hey, baby, I'm so vain. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it also points out that, like, I I, kind of think of, like, the vaccine hesitancy is very American thing, in a way. Uh, And I guess this points out that it's not just uh, centered just in America as far as, like, the vaccine, not wanting to get vaccine and stuff. Um, I don't know how... New York... Widespread, do you, do you see that in Norway? Uh, vaccine uh, uh, hate is somewhat, yeah, somewhat. I talked to people uh, that were like super, super, super uh, worried about taking the vaccine. But yeah, wasn't it uh, New York this week that set the vaccine man- mandate? Uh, isn't it just for public workers? Yeah, for private. I think it was also for private 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 businesses. Let me look it up, yeah. and then and we'll we'll talk about it once I look it up. New York, we'll, yeah. Uh, vax mandate, vax mandate. I think it was something. I heard something about this, but I don't know the, like the details, so I want to look it up. Right. Uh, New York business owners and workers. Uh, let's see. Bill de Blasio announced a vaccine mandate for on-site employees and all private businesses, the most far-reaching mm-hmm. local measure in the country. Workers across the city were figured out figuring out what it meant for them. Okay, so, yeah, it says yeah. all on-site employees at all private businesses. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... I mean, I heard that, but I didn't know, like, how... I thought it was just like um, public employees. I didn't realize it was all private yeah, it businesses. Was private, yeah, yeah. I think that's good, uh, but uh, that's me personally. Uh, Boris Johnson, uh, he doesn't like gangs, uh, so he wants to crack down on them. Should we talk? Uh, listen to what he says about it. Yeah, this kind of went viral, not necessarily for what he said, but for what he's wearing while he's saying it, I guess. But there's also a part—I mm-hmm. don't know, maybe a minute in—where they're they're talking about the drug a uh, dr- uh, drug problem, like the drug gangs in the UK, and the reporter says, uh, "Well, yeah, but what about uh, people doing cocaine in the bathrooms at Parliament?" So we'll get to that part as well, but. Uh, yeah, give me a countdown whenever you're ready. I mean, uh, just for the still picture, he looks like a little, like, fat policeman. Uh, yes. Well, he's all... I think he actually has a bulletproof vest on. That's what's making him look all chubby. Because it, like, you okay. know, bulletproof vest, like, adds, like, a extra layer of something underneath Clothing, the jacket. Yeah. yeah, so it makes it look... Makes him look fatter, for sure. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, give me a countdown. It looks like... He looks like the marshmallow man <laughs> with a police jacket. <laughs> okay, in three, two, one, play. Crime has been coming down overall in the, in the last couple of years, but we're seeing a lot of problems. Yeah, people are pointing out, like, why is he dressed up like this? Drugs He's yeah. not a so police officer. Is, ramping up. is he playing, uh, is this like a cosplay? Is he cosplaying as a policeman? Uh, why? That are, that are preying on these youth. Like, it's so You've weird. Got to invest you can just in picture everybody who knows behind the scenes, like before he decided to go out and do this, like lives that are chaotic. Uh, they need to be taken PR thing, drugs. obviously. They put into they're rehab. like, okay, we want to get rehab. But you've also all the police gear we can to put him 
who uh, <laughs> put who him in. Yeah, because there's at least three layers of police uh, things I can see. Streets. Everybody uh, to have the right to have a safe community. To I think this is where the too many people have their lives blighted by these county lines gangs. So you got to have you got you got to do two things at once. You're gonna be tougher, tougher on, uh, the county lines tougher. gangs. You're gonna be tougher on the on the uh, the criminals who are doing it. But you've also got to make sure because the war on drugs works so well in America. So them. you can't <laughs> simply uh, arrest them time after time, put yeah. them back in prison again and again. We understand. That the drugs gangs are doing gangs. major damage to life chances of kids growing up in this country. Ew. I think it is, a, a, it is a disgusting trade, and we need to fight it. Sunday Times reported that a lot of cocaine use found in the toilets of Parliament. Can the public trust MPs on this issue? Look, this government is absolutely determined to, to fight mm. drugs and to make Super. sure. I, I take a I take the view that it's a long time, really, since you've heard a government say. Uh, that drugs, uh, Class A drugs, are bad and bad for society. Wait, what? Bad for <laughs> it's been a long time since a government said that drugs That's were bad, opinion. bro. And I think, and I think mm. it's something that we can we can tackle and we can deal with. Tackle. You got to you got to be realistic. You got to be humane. You got to be compassionate. <laughs> you got to recognise that overwhelmingly the problem is caused by three hundred thousand people whose lives are simply chaotic, uh, who, are, who are, <laughs> are torn apart by their own addiction. You've got to help uh, them. You've got to do rehab. Yeah. But you've also got to come down very, very hard on the county lines gangs. And that's what we're doing. So we need All to right, be yeah, super we can stop nice. There. Yeah. We need to be super nice and super calm to them, but also come very, very hard down on them. Right. He's like, <laughs> this, these people, Hello? these people's lives are chaotic and they're, they're, Totally distraught, and that's why they're using right. drugs. So we need to crack down on them and make that their lives even harder. Right? Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a tremendous big uh, monkey! Right. There is another issues that need to be dealt with uh, right now at all. Uh, but he all, he goes on to say that the uh, the county line gangs, whatever that means, I'm not even sure what that means, but those are causing all the. Um, uh, knife violence that's happening in London and everything else. He's bl blaming all of this on the drugs, so. It's all about the drugs. I just thought the best part is obviously what he's wearing because it's ridiculous and he looks like a little kid dressed up as like a police officer for Halloween, <laughs> number one. Yes. And then for him to say that... It, it that no governments have said that drugs are that hard drugs are bad that like it's been a long time since any government said that hard drugs are bad i i don't know what world he's living in where all these governments are just like yay heroin's great we love it it's so good <laughs> simply the best <laughs> better than all the rest uh, so look, our podcast, uh, we tried to be as woke as possible, right? We look, we love vocism. Um, I, I not, I mean, to a degree, I guess we're kind of woke. I guess it. Are we? I guess it depends on what your definition of Talk woke for yourself. woke is. <laughs> I'm not fucking woke. I don't know what's your definition of woke. Uh. I think Vogue is like following everything the state says for good and that we don't question anything about like things that are done for the government. That is something that's very Vogue. 
I always think of and, woke as like somebody who uh, sees the system kind of for what it is and realizes that uh, the system it, it doesn't work. That's how I always thought of like whether it's like a, a woke feminist or a woke uh, Black Lives Matter person or a woke whatever woke person like woke identity they have. I always see it as like they are just. Uh, awakened to the idea that the system doesn't work. I guess kind of, I always thought of like when they say you're woke, I always picture Neo waking up from the bathtub in the Matrix. Mm. Hmm. Like he's waking up yeah. to the system, right? I, I, I mean, is it a, wo- a word to mean like self aware though? Is that what I think it's changed it? over time, like being woke. It, uh, in certain circles, you it uh, people will say, "Oh, he's look at how woke he is" as like a negative thing. Like yeah, it's yeah. there's like it depends on what circle you're running in, whether being woke is a negative or whether it's a positive. It's very it's uh, it's it's changed over the last few years. Uh, I guess I I see definitely a lot of republicans using it as like this is a negative being woke is is bad but then those same republicans say oh i'm totally red pilled and i'm like well isn't that being woke right. i don't what's the right yeah because that well that's definitely from the matrix well yeah and they stole it kind of from the uh from different uh, liberal movements who use like being red pilled as like a as a term, and then it was right. kind of taken over by the right, as far as I remember. Is is that what you remember from like being red pilled? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. then there's like I was always I've been confused by like being red pilled, being black pilled for a while, and I've just started to kind of understand it, <laughs> the online lingo of those things. But I think I agree when uh, Tron says the word woke is bullshit. This is Tron, but Tron tells the truth. The word woke and how it's been used is fucking bullshit. It is. You can just saying something is woke is suddenly the ultimate argument winner. Black people's rights woke. Women's history woke gender equality woke gay and lesbian rights woke 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 but it's always been like this for many years during the 50s and 60s and so on and so on you can be called a communist certainly for doing anything long-haired people communist people who fought for yeah the wild black human civil rights communist. It's very funny that you argue against undemocratic powers as communism, but you say that human rights is communism? Okay, I don't... But, but again, conservative logic is not logic. It's something that just put a, found in the deepest depth of their own asshole. I hate the word book. It's always funny when conservatives discover things that we already knew. So conservatives now have discovered that Rage Against the Machine provoked it, because why doesn't it stop talking about politics? Well, 
wake up, they always did. Ice Cube also did. Dr. Dre also did. But you were just hardcore listening to gangster shit. And you always think everyone was a gangster. They do. You missed the fucking point. They criticized the police already in the 80s. But that's conservatism in a nutshell. It always takes decades to understand what we already understand. Let's go back in, in music history. A lot of people, I saw an interview long ago with village people. When the interviewer asked them, do you have a hidden message? A hidden message, they said. How obvious was it? How obvious was that we were gay? American military, like, the the song in the Navy was like a, a, a cheerful tune to, yeah, a celebration of the big, great Navy. Well, we know what it's all about. Most liberal and radical people, they knew. And we told them straight in the fucking face the conservatives didn't get it before tens of years after this. In 2016, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young were on the tour. It's documented in the documentary Deja Vu. When on the concerts, half of the audience left when Neil Young started to say, impeach a president for lying. Oh, we just come to see those flower power people. We didn't go into politics like this, the audience, some of the younger audience said. Yeah, since when did Neil Young start talking about politics? When? When has he not been talking about politics? And so on for Rusty Crosby, Sales and Nash. They've always been political. But again, just saying something woke, it's almost like an argument to just avoid uncomfortable topics yeah it is and I, of course it's not pleasant to talk about racism so we got the book we don't like our history who contains all killing black people incarceration and putting Indians or natives in fucking prison camps or reservoir called for the fucking world so they call it radical race history yeah I get it. I get it why it's unpleasant. A lot of things in Norwegian history are also unpleasant. But I love my country and I really love it. So I want it to be done with. I wanted to have a statement like, this was what we used to do, we have to move on. And we have to say fucking sorry and make our country better. Just saying anything woke and avoid those points. It's not loving your country. It's denying your country. This was Tron with Tron plus the truth. Yeah, that was a pretty vogue of you. Uh, <laughs> Tron, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was super red-pilled. Yeah, that was so red-pilled. So woke. You're so woke, Tron. Huh. He will be very happy when he hears that. What is being blue-pilled on the, on the internet? Is that just like... Just being like a, a regular person who watches CNN and MSNBC, CNN, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's being blue pilled. Blue pilled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, uh, TV shows. Uh, I have seen some. Uh, I've seen most chess, but we will talk about that a little later. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we will. Yes, we will. 
but I have seen a comedy show uh, called uh, Harlem. This was on... Uh, was this a comedy? According to them. A comedy drama. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think it was more drama. I, I didn't get the comedy. Maybe I just didn't laugh mm. at it? Well, if I laughed off it, it was for the wrong reasons. That's for fucking sure. But, uh, yeah, no, I didn't like this. But we'll talk about it. Uh, it's about four women. Uh, in Harlem City in New York, and uh, one is a professor of of something, right? Uh, yes. Uh, women's studies, I think, or that's what it looks women's like. Women's study, right. yes. One is an entrepreneur, and uh, she's uh, dating someone very new, and then there's this fashion designer. And she's a hopeless romantic, and uh, yeah, they. Uh, it's uh, Sex in the City. If Sex in the City was bad, unfunny, and uh, kind of, yeah. Well, in Harlem, that's why it's called Harlem. It's uh, Sex yes. in the City in Harlem, uh, where yes. Sex in the City is what based in like Man Manhattan. Which is, they're both in New York, but it's just like that's the difference between the two shows because. When I, it definitely is just Sex in the City, right? I mean, it's four yes, women yes. who are all discussing their like um, uh, relationship problems Love and like, yeah. uh, just like uh, Sex in the City, men are kind of like these objects. Awful. Yes, <laughs> they're not really awful, human. Awful. Men are like objects to be like, they're like, uh, they're like tables or like chairs. They're, you know what I right. mean? They're like. They're things that are outside of, like, the reality of the show. Um, they're looked at as, like, I don't know. How do they look at men in this show? You know what I'm saying? Like, they look at them as, right. like, uh, thing, other, something other than human. Like, they're, like, some kind of, like, right. creature that, that needs right. to be, like, in, investigated. Like, they're some kind of... Like, like they're uh, David Attenborough, and they're oh right. look at the men out here and what they you know what I'm saying? That's how they. Yeah. It's a weird way that they uh, talk about men in the show, but it's the same with and, Sex in the City. Sex in the City treated yes. men the same way, right? And all of a sudden, Whoopi Goldberg shows up. <laughs> I didn't see that. What did I miss that? In I think it was episode two. She she showed up. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know there were two episodes. I just thought there was one episode of this out. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. No, there's ten episodes out already. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. No, I guess, I guess I I'm going to have to go watch the second episode. I'm not going to watch more than two episodes. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. I did not see all ten episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, this is bad. It's just bad, right? It's not funny. It's not... I mean, if you like Sex in the City, it, but I didn't like no. Sex in the City. So if, you, if you're a fan no. of that, you're going to be a fan of this, probably. Um, no, you won't. You don't think? I'm, uh, no, I'm a huge Sex and the City fan. I hate this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe it's just how I saw it, but it was like, this has all the same kind of like uh, storyline elements, so I figured, I don't know, if you like that, but I, 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 I'm not somebody to ask because I didn't like Sex and the City, so I guess you're a better judge of that. I, I guess the story itself is... Uh, there is no real story. It's just like 
this is these people's lives and their uh, relationship issues, and that's it. There's no, mm-hmm. like, running storyline, really, if that makes sense. It's just like, oh, how it's hard to be... Uh, it's hard to be a successful woman in in New York City. That's, like, the whole story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, one of the shows I saw this week. Oh, right, my turn. Sorry, I didn't... Uh, let's see. I guess we'll start with something returning. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, yep. What season is this? I don't even know. Uh, always Sunny. 14? I want to say 14 as well. 15. 15th season. Yeah. Right. Um... Yeah, the first episodes were good. I, the first episode, I was like, oh, man, they're really going for it in this first episode where they talk about PPP loans, right? I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Okay. Uh, yeah, go check it out. It's, I mean, it follows up really well uh, to the other seasons. Um, they're going hard on, like, the COVID uh, jokes in at least this, this first episode's uh yeah, the whole thing's still very good. All the same characters are still there. Uh, overall, I give the first couple episodes maybe like a seven. Yeah. Cool. I guess we didn't give Harlem a score. What did you get? Do you want to give Harlem oh, a score? Um, three. Yeah, I, I, that's what I gave it to. Is a three. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I saw Landscapers uh, with Olivia. Coleman and David Shovels, Ch- Shovels, yeah, uh, as uh, the serial killers uh, Susan and Christopher Edwards. Right, based on this, a true story. This is one of the best things I have ever seen in quite a while. Holy fuck, this was good. Uh, it uh, is. Uh, they were co- convicted in two thousand and fourteen of murdering her parents. And burying their bodies in the back garden, and this is kind of like following them uh, after this happened. Uh, and they escaped for fifteen years, and this is like so utterly amazingly played by those two people that I I was I was scared when watching this. You were scared, okay? Yeah, it was like creepy, so creepy people. Uh, yeah, I mean the part where they're. Are you talking about, like, the part where they're praying after... Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, that part was a little creepy, but I... I did... I, it felt, um... In a way, they, like, humanized the people. The the murderers. Mm. They, they, they felt like, um... They made them feel like, oh, they're just, like, nice little... Uh, polite British people, but they also happen to be murderers. You know what I mean? They had this weird, mm. uh, sen- polite sensibility about them that... Uh, you know that very British um, uh, sensibility. Uh, yeah, I, the acting was definitely the best part. The cinematography was decent. Um, the story is good, but it's like it's based on a true story, so you, it's not like they're right. gonna come out with some crazy uh, twist or anything like that. Uh, the end of the first episode is very good. Let's see, mm-hmm. I, it's on Sky uh, in the UK, right? Yes. That's where, and I think it's I on HBO it. Max in America, possibly. Let me let me double okay. check that. Um, so yeah, it is available in America, I believe. Uh, if people want to yeah. check it out, um, I recommend it very because this is probably yeah. I, I'm not going to say say it's 
guaranteedly, but it's definitely in my top ten list of best shows of the year so far. I wouldn't I go that really, far, really but it, like. it's good. Uh, yeah, it's HBO in America. Yeah, I was right. Um, well, yeah, it's very good. It, it's definitely worth checking out. I give it a, I don't know, uh, probably six point five. Okay, I would give it a eight point five. Let's see. I saw. Where are we gonna go? Baking it on Peacock. Okay. Uh, Let me guess. Is this a baking show? Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a baking competition show, but it's Christmas, uh, it's holiday themed. Uh, okay. so in the first episode, they do a bake-off, but it's Hanukkah themed stuff. Uh, so they have to do like, um, a Christmas, uh, dish, but make it Hanukkah themed. So, uh, inspired, uh, Hanukkah inspired, I guess. Um. Okay. It's hosted by Andy Samberg and Maya Rudolph, randomly. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> very random, yeah. Uh, they're actually very funny in it, so that's the, probably the best part of it, is that the, the hosts are very good. It's Other than that, it's just a normal baking competition show. Um, it's kind of funny because even at the end, they're like, it's like this happy holiday you know, uh, show where everything's supposed to be cheery and holiday-ish. Uh, the set is very, it looks like a gingerbread house and things like that. Um, but then at the end they have to kick somebody, you know, it's a reality show. Somebody gets kicked off at the end of each episode. So it's like, they're all holly jolly happy. And then at the end, somebody's like, we got to boot you. It's a kind of a strange dynamic that's happening with the show. Hmm. Um, yeah, overall it's pretty standard. I don't know. I'd give it like a four. Cool. Not really worth checking out. Uh, what else have I seen? Uh, coming out Colton? Yeah. Um, did you watch that this week or last yeah. week? I don't remember. No, I watched it this week. You just talked about it with me, like, when we were yes. doing something. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. why. That's why I remember. Okay. Uh-huh. What was this on? Uh, Netflix, right? Netflix, yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to go into this one first since I just did a show, no. I guess? No. <laughs> why, why are you so upset about this show? I don't understand why you're... Because I didn't like it. Well, I didn't like it either, but it's... I mean, why didn't you... I, I, the, I The reason I didn't like it is that it was incredibly fake. Either that or if it's not fake, it's... If it's not fake, it's even worse. Yeah, I I'm not sure if the situation was fake, the people were fake... His gayness was fake. What do you mean the or people were fake? His dad. I mean, their reaction. Oh, their reaction. When, yeah, yeah. To him, like, telling people, like, I really, really hope this show is fake. Well, I think the I, problem I, with it is, he's at least in this first episode he's, that I watched, he's coming out as gay to, like, his whole... to different family members and friends, right? Right. And... This is all being filmed for a reality show, right? Yes. And so the camera guy is right there filming it while he's doing this. Um, yes. And so, for some reason, nobody acknowledges while this is happening that there's a, a camera crew sitting there filming all of this while he's, right. like, sitting there with, like, his best friend or whatever and and telling her that he's gay for the first time. 
Right. So either there's two scenarios that could happen here. Like you said, this is fake to the degree that like he probably told them this at some point, but not on camera. And then they redid they redid it uh, on camera for the reality show, which is really weird when you think about it. And and terrible. And then the other option is that it is real and that he chose to come out to all these people (laughs) on camera for a reality show as though it was like some kind of like uh, he decided to come out to all these people specifically because he was on a reality show. Right. Like, yeah, I'm getting it's almost like he's getting paid to come out as gay, which is really weird and like the whole thing about the camera crew being there is really strange to me. Um, so like I said, like, it was almost better that it's fake, because if it's not fake, that means he's, like, profiting off of his own, uh, him coming out as, like, using it as a way to create a reality show. It just feels very, something very wrong about that. (laughs) I saw two episodes and I'm out. I, I am, I'm, I'm surprised that I could watch two episodes, to be fair. I, I I literally had to force myself watching the second episode. Uh, it seems like um, people are not... I mean, the stuff I've read... Kind of, I went and did some like research on if people were upset about this. Um, as far as, like, you know, the backlash of, like, it being this kind of weird reality show about him coming out. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of people are having a problem with it. So, uh, I mean, I I guess I don't. I'm not one to talk, right? So, uh, me neither, I guess. But I'm going to give it a two. Uh, yeah, I'll probably give it a two point five. I guess. I mean, the filming of it was all right. It's just everything mm-hmm. else around it was just so awkward and strange and didn't doesn't make sense as to how they decided to put the show together. Like, imagine being the producer of the show and they're like, okay, so you, we know you're gay, but as, like, the people who are producing this reality show, but your mm-hmm. family, we haven't told them yet, so we're going to make a... Sh- mm-hmm. See, that's even weirder, that he told the reality show producers that he was gay before his own family? That's... What? <laughs> yeah, there's something very not real about this show. Yeah, no, it's uh, terrible. Uh, I've just seen one other show, so if you want to go continue what you have seen. Uh, I've, I've only seen one other one, and then Dalek Baldwin thing we're going to talk about in a second. So why don't you go into whatever you saw? Oh, The Dark Side of Television. Uh, that is a three-part comedy series uh, from Australia. Okay. Uh, very, very funny. Uh, it is about like the r- ridiculous and very like shameful <laughs> moments in the, in Australian television, hosted by this over-the-top uh, guy I have never heard of in my entire life. So this is actually made by Viceland. And uh, yeah, I I recommend it. It's it's funny. Uh, I will give it a six point five. Okay, I saw what was the last thing I saw? Abbott Elementary on okay. ABC. Abbott Elementary. Um, this Never is a heard of it. it it's brand new, obviously, but it's about it's a mockumentary type kind of like Modern Family style 
mockumentary show sitcom okay. about obviously an elementary school. Uh, it has uh, Chris from Everybody Hates Chris, all grown up. If you remember that television show from like yes. the early two thousands, uh, remember that. He's probably the one, the person you're going to recognize the most. There's a few other people in here you'll recognize. Um, yeah, but the show itself is it's a sitcom about an elementary school and just this one specific teacher who is trying to be like a really good teacher and all she wants to do is like provide for her kids and you know um, kind of give back to the community and she's like a young new like brand new teacher who's just like brand new to the system and then there's like the two older teachers who have been working there for like 20 years who are you know very jaded and disgruntled and she's like trying to like improve everything and they're like don't try to improve anything it's just it's not worth mm. it. You're just gonna uh, burn yourself out, and uh, you'll be. You're probably gonna leave here in like the next six months if you keep going at this rate or whatever. And so it's kind of that dynamic mm. of like the new teacher who wants to like improve things and make kids' lives better, and then the older teachers who are just have learned that the system uh, doesn't work and has broken them down to a degree that they mm. just they can't live with it anymore. It's a kind of a dark comedy in that way. Uh, I don't think, like, the mockumentary style of sitcom, I think that's kind of run its course as far as a, as a uh, concept, don't you? Like, the modern family style mockumentary sitcom. I think that mm. it's kind of run its course to a degree. I mean, what we do in the shadows is probably a good example of, like, one that works. But I don't... Oh, that's amazing, yeah. But it's, it's just kind of the format, I feel like, is kind of a... It's old hat, so... Overall, I'm going to give this... Uh, I'll give it a 4.5. Is this something that you think I would like? I mean, you're not a huge fan of sitcoms. Uh, no. I don't think this is something you need to go out of your way to see. No. And I don't think you okay. would be... Spe uh, you specifically would be clamoring to see the rest of it if you saw a couple episodes, so... Uh, but uh, let's talk about the Bo Alec Baldwin interview because that's definitely in the TV round. We both watched this. Uh, you watched it before me. I saw it some days later. Oh, did you? Oh, oh right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. And we had talked about it being on on the at the end of the show last week. Mm -hmm. I want to say, or some sometime in the show last week, we we had found out that they were going to do uh, this interview. I think you had seen it on Twitter or something, right? Yes, yeah. There was, like, an article, and they released, like, a trailer. ABC. It was an ABC News special. The trailer yeah. for it, people were kind of like, what the hell is this? Like, it was, like, this weird... Yeah. Very um, much dramatic music. Right, this weird dramatic music, and, like... Yeah. It wasn't any different once you actually watched the interview and i put that in quotes it's another one of these interviews in quotes where it's like they're interviewing him but then abc decides we're going to interject all our own little like bits of information and stuff instead of just giving you like right. a solid you know half hour interview with somebody where you could sit down and watch it they don't i guess abc doesn't feel like you're going to be entertained enough to just watch <laughs> a guy ask questions and then a guy answer questions yeah. so they have to put all yeah. these like different things in there i don't know what do you think about like the the way they set up the interview itself, I guess. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Uh, I think it was very, like, 
uh, and he looks sad down to the floor, kind of like uh, reporting. And I don't really like that. Um, sure. I mean, let's see. Uh, it was, who was the guy who did, George Stephanopoulos did the interview. Mm. Uh, the big thing we talked about last week was that in the in the trailer for this, he said that he didn't pull the trigger of the gun, and we were kind of speculating how that could happen, right? And I had said last week that if if the if you pulled back the hammer on like an older gun and let it go, that a that that could set a bullet off, right? Um, and that right. sounds like what happened. What they did, yeah. Um, but there's still people questioning whether that did happen or not. Is what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh. Much speculation online, I saw. But uh, I think we we kind of have to wait to the official state, like statement from uh, the police and things comes out because it seems like there's a lot of like speculation back and forward. Uh, yeah, but I mean, as from this side of things, uh, that's what he said. Is like mm-hmm. he pulled it back and then. Uh, they went into kind of. I guess the one of the interesting parts that I I thought was interesting at least is that he uh, they pulled up the thing from George Clooney saying like oh I would never uh, point a gun at anybody on set or whatever um, and Alec Baldwin was like yeah you would never point a gun at anybody on set unless the person is the director and they're telling you to do that they're directing you <laughs> the director of mm. photography is saying uh, this is the shot and you're gonna point the gun at me or whatever like. Right. I guess that puts into context a little bit, but then the big question, I guess, is where, why are the, were there live rounds on, on set to begin with? Is the kind of where they went with it, and uh, I think we even talked about that last week with, with that their possible mix up of like the, uh, of reloaded rounds into, mm-hmm. into shell casings that were for blanks or whatever. That's what is a possibility. So the whole there, yeah, like you said, there's, there's a lot of ins and outs to this and we're just going to have to see what comes out in the, like the investigation. But, uh, do you think Alec Baldwin doing this interview is good or bad for like his career as far as like, uh, getting in trouble for this, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I think it depends. Like I said, uh, it depends how many, like, uh, because there are many uh, lawsuits against them. I mean, it it, it it all comes down to the public uh, view of him after everything, like, has calmed down. Sure. Right now, I think he's way too red hot. So, I, 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 I think if you ask me this in two, three years, I think we have a better answer for it than now. But uh, right now, uh, no, I think I think he will be okay. Well, do you think this was a good move then to do an interview, or yeah, should he have stayed? I think so yeah, okay. No, I think th- I think that was a good idea. I guess yeah, I, he kind of had to get ahead of it because there's so much speculation around yeah. it, and uh, I guess the one thing that kind of irked me the wrong way about it is when he started talking about how two people had sued the production before uh, the husband of the woman who was killed and he's like why would they sue before she got a chance to sue and it's like that's really not 
it's really not a talking point, but he kept bringing it up like it was a thing, like that yeah. it was like a yeah. uh, that that was made those people who were suing look bad. And it's like, no, they were right. all involved in this horrible tragedy, so they have just as much yeah. a right as uh, other people to sue. Uh, as much right, I guess, as the husband who, seemingly from this interview, it, Alec Baldwin made it sound like he was on. The husband is on Alec Baldwin's side, but I we really yeah. don't know. That's just from him, so. But uh, yeah, and and Alec Baldwin also admits that his career uh, could be over. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, how how would you get back on a film set uh, as the, in the future if he was to do other movies that had like weapons on? Like, if I was him, I would never do another movie that involved weapons, like, ever. Mm -hmm. I would only be doing, like, uh, rom-coms from now on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Inside Job, Episode 7. Back to good form, I'm very happy to say. But uh, what was this episode all about? Ghost Protocol. Regan sets an elaborate plan in motion to ghost dip... To ghost debonair's British secret agent who grows attached to her after a fling. Right. Uh, yeah, this, this is the first uh, follow-up episode they had on Inside Job. Uh, we have had, like, independent episodes that kind of, like, followed each other. But this is the first uh, direct follow-up to the last Storyline follow-up. Where, like, yes. obviously in past episodes you have characters that go from one episode to another. But this one, like, at right. the end of last episode... They, she hooked up with this British agent agent on the boat, and then in this episode, the very first scene is them waking up the next day in in bed right. together. So it, it literally storyline wise went from the end of one episode to the beginning of the next episode, which they haven't done up until now. And it's kind of interesting to see if they're going to do it again or whether that was just mm-hmm. a one off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, uh, and and it's also a little interesting when we didn't like lasts week's episode as much as we have done before but this was much more funnier this was on point this felt like they were back to their old uh, good episodes again and it makes me wonder whether like the reason maybe the reason the last episode wasn't quite as good to us is that this these two episodes were a story right and the first episode maybe we only actually got kind of half of that story and so that's why it seemed a little maybe awkward and we didn't realize that until this week because we hadn't seen the next episode which we get the completion of that story and that's maybe why this episode was also better is because we're yeah we're getting the uh, finale of what we were waiting for last episode and yeah yeah, I think that all has to do with it. And that brings back into the idea, like, are they going to do this again? Because are we going to get another episode that's kind of lackluster because they choose to do kind of a two-part episode and not tell us? But yeah. uh, even then, even the la- last episode was still good. It wasn't terrible or oh, yeah, anything, yeah. but no, no. this one was just better. Yeah, uh, Much better. And uh, I liked uh, how they spoof James Bond in this. It's very, very fun. Um, there's many, like, elements of the spoofs, things that uh, I, I I just think they hit it directly. And uh, uh, Mission Impossible, of course, uh, many, many, like, uh, cool movie references. Yeah, definitely this episode they were going for the James Bond references and things like that, which they've done other kind of references 
references in the past, but this episode was just all kind of James Bond reference, the whole episode. Mm. Um, yeah, we're going to have to figure out what our next show is going to be pretty soon. We're at, like, three episodes yeah. left, so. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that maybe later. But, uh, yeah, I would rate this uh, seven. I feel like we talked about rating this. Uh, I don't know, yeah, 7.5. Uh, look, I want to do the Carlson News uh, uh, latest because I have a, cl- a little YouTube clip for you. So let's uh, wait for that. Uh, but uh, let's talk about Australia joining the US diplomatic boycott of G- uh, Chinese uh, Olympics. Because that is uh, right around the corner, right? Uh, yeah, uh, China's doing... What, the Winter Olympics? Didn't they just have the Summer Olympics? Oh, right, because nobody else wants to have the Olympics there, because probably because of COVID. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so China is having the Winter Olympics as well. Uh, Australia has said it will join the U.S. in a diplomatic boycott of the Winter Olympics in China. Uh, they have said that athletes will still attend. Uh, the U.S. has also said that they will still attend. It's just that the U.S., Diplomats and uh, leaders will not attend uh, the Olympics. Yeah, and then I would go, who the fuck cares? Apparently, according to the U.S., they're doing this because of human rights abuses as far as, like, the... But then you shouldn't send the fucking people that compete, then. Right, the like it's uh, human rights abuse. What the Uyghur Muslims that are being held in like internment camps or whatever in Jing, right. Zhe, what, what, how do you say Zhejiang? Zhejiang, right? Something. Something like that. It's close enough. Um, yeah, I guess what I I was something like I think we uh, boy did a boycott, the US did a boycott of like the I want to say Russian Olympics um, during the Cold War. I think Jimmy Carter did it, and we actually didn't. That was like the one time we didn't send athletes. Uh, this is like slightly less than that, I guess. So it's nothing. I, that's why I say, who cares? Who cares if you send uh, d- diplomats or not? If you didn't send athletes, then it would be a bigger thing. But you're still sending in the athletes, so who the fuck cares? I mean, I would feel bad for the athletes if they didn't let them go, though. Because these are people who have trained, like, their whole life for this one thing, you know what I mean? They've trained their entire life, and then the U.S. is like, yeah, no, you can't do that. (laughs) But is that more important than human rights, though? Uh, uh, well, that's, that's, that's... then we should be also boycotting uh, Saudi Arabia, and we're like best friends yes. with them. So yes, you should. Right, I, I it's kind of a weird, yeah. It's uh, there's a double standard for sure that we're boycotting this, and then there's all these other things that we could be boycotting, and we probably should be. I I have a feeling that though that other countries are going to follow suit besides uh, just us in Australia, and some of those could maybe. Some other countries could possibly not send athletes. We'll, I guess we'll see. I, th- I have a feeling this is going to become bigger as we g- get closer to the Olympics. I hope so. 
Uh, George R. R. Martin was surprised that HBO had uh, Game of Thrones prequels in works. Right, I, pff, I, I don't care that there's because I don't like oh. Game of Thrones, but apparently they did it behind his back. Is that what we're, what we're to understand? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of douchebaggy because he's kind of the creator of the whole thing. I, I mean, I guess the question is, did they like pay him off uh, for? Oh, it just, like, went to an ad. Okay, there we go. Uh, it says a new book, Tinderbox, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers by journalist James Andrew M- Miller is a gift that keeps giving uh, fans of HBO's Game of Thrones. The book features extensive interviews with J- George R. R. Martin about the beloved fantasy series. Uh, just this week, news broke that Steve Conrad has been hired as a writer and executive producer of a second spinoff of the series. Okay, so it's going to be a spin-off series? There are also reports that HBO is developing two animated Game of Thrones series, and according to the book back in 2017, Martin was surprised to learn just how many prequels the HBO had already uh, gotten ready. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's not like they're doing... They're doing spin-offs. They're not doing, like, a, a, a direct, like, a sequel or anything like that, where they're, like, going over his head... I guess? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think uh, he should have been asked uh, or or at least informed because it is it is he, his kind of work they are building on. So that's my point of view, at least. Yeah. So, let's see. Is this from him? Yeah. I it surprised me, I'll admit that. I'd never heard of that before. I thought we'd be going ahead with one one in development. With that, with the one that I pitched them, uh, the Dance of the Dragon ideas. So he, I guess, pitched them an idea and they didn't take it. And then they are now doing mm-hmm. like four other ideas that weren't his idea. Hmm, interesting. Okay, now you can ask me how is it going with chess, and I will say it's going very, 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 very good. Okay. Uh, Yes. Should I say what happened, or do you want to say what happened? No, you can start. Uh, Magnus Carlsen wins game six in the longest world chess championship game of all time. Uh, Mm -hmm. He defeated... I don't even want to say he defeated Ian. Uh, something. I I, I I will I will help you because I've heard his not name now for uh, two weeks. Jan Napoleonchi. Okay, there you go. Uh, he defeated him in a record 136 moves in a game. Uh, six to score the first to win. The world champion's victory came after five draws in a championship that has. 2 million euro prize fund. Okay. Yeah, and today they ended game 10. So you ask me, uh, how is it going? Well, he has won actually two games after he won that one game. So it is now six and a half against three and a half. And it is the first person to seven and a half. Oh, seven and a half. That's random. Okay. Yeah. 
So because it's fourteen uh, uh, chess matches, right? So uh, they needed to be the first to seven and a half. Oh yeah, that makes sense. It's just uh, right. Seven and a half seems weird, but it's like you have to get half over the seven. I guess that makes sense. Right. So uh, I want us to listen to what did he say, Jan uh, Poniacci, when he lost the second game in a row. Okay, give me a countdown. That is what happened. In three, two, one. Play. How do you rate your performance today? Uh, well, uh, in general, I'd like to, you know, apologize for today's performance. Why? <laughs> ah, it was uh, probably far below than uh, not even, let's say, uh, my normal level. But uh, uh, in general, I think it was below than just a GM level. Were you tired after three on the third day of playing? No, I don't think it's about uh, being tired. It's like. Uh, some weird sequence of choices, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward for the next games. Okay. <laughs> yep. That was Jan Poniacci apologizing for playing bad luck. Well, who is he apologizing to? Uh, to his fans. To oh, okay. everybody that right. uh, yeah, has supported him. Like, they, they have used half a year with, like, training him to to go against Manus Carlsen, and he's playing, like, the worst games of his life. Right. I, I just didn't know if he would, like, maybe he was uh, apologizing to the homeland or something like that. It didn't, it, it didn't really <laughs> specify. Yeah. Hey, you should monkey yourself over to audibletrial.com slash an ADC. I almost said it there, look. Audibletrial.com slash ADC. Almost. 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 Uh, Eurovision Almost. time, everybody. What? What? In December, what we're doing Eurovision in December. In December. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, you tell me what's yeah, going no. on. <laughs> I I don't know. No, uh, I do know. So Bulgaria decided, hey, we don't want Albania to be the first country in the world to give their uh, song for the Eurovision song contest. So we are going to publish it before Albania because Albania is like always the first. Right. So, okay. Uh, yeah. That is the reason why they uh, published their uh, intelligent music project with intention look. Right. This was very 80s. Uh, wasn't it? Didn't you feel, yeah. doesn't this feel very 80s rock kind of? It is. It is a little harder, har harder rock. Yeah. I, I didn't. I felt kind of hair metal-y, not like hard, hard rock. It yes. wasn't like no, no, no. death heavy, metal or yes. yeah. No, no, no. Heavy, heavy metal. Yeah. It, I, 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 yeah. Come on. If it, it reminded me of certain '80s songs, it kind of had like a Eye of the Tiger feel to it, or like. Mm-hmm. Mm, what, what's that one? The song from. Jeez. Uh, I mean, what is a mu uh, music? What's a song that you would compare it to? Because there's like a hundred songs I'm trying to think of that all like are similar to this. You know, it's a little eye of the tiger. It's a little like every other '80s and <laughs> '90s rock ballads on that time. It's not bad enough to to be like uh, thrown out uh, 
right away, but I it's not good enough to win either. It's like I think this is what I would call a middle of the road song. You know what song I was thinking of? It, that song from Scarface, where it's like the scene where he's getting all the money and he buys the tigers, is like, push it to the limit. It had like that oh, tune. Yeah, 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 it had yeah, a very similar yes. tune to that a little bit. Yeah, that was the mm. song I was thinking of. Mm. Um, push it to the limit, yeah. And that's a, that's a catchy tune, that one, that push it to the limit song. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I don't dislike it. I, I think it's a little outdated, but uh, it's not like, yeah. I Definitely felt outdated, and I, I don't know, these guys were all pretty old, so I have a feeling they were making this music when it was, like, originally popular. So, uh, overall, I'd give it maybe a, I don't know, a four? Uh, a four seems uh, totally okay. Can I just say that... I, what I hated the most about this was actually the music video, because the music video makes absolutely zero sense. Well, that is a hundred percent true. I didn't under I didn't understand <laughs> what the hell was going on. Something about a kid playing video games and then a woman Game, like yeah. walking across walking a field. Magic doors. Right. Yep. Yeah. I didn't get so. it. Maybe the kid. Maybe it was that the kid playing the video game. She was the video game character or something. I don't. I didn't understand it either. Well, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, until Justin Timberlake, she, she, she did uh, all of a sudden. Justin Timberlake become became a woman. He performed at the Saudi F1 You got that race. all wrong because number one, it's not he. It's a he, and it's Justin Bieber, not Justin Timberlake. <laughs> See. Uh, but Justin Bieber, pop star, uh, performed at a packed crowd uh, in J J Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, singing some of his most popular hits. So did did did, did he do "Baby, Baby"? Does he still do yeah, that song? And, and cry like a river. Oh right, that's one of his more popular ones, right? Um. That, that's Justin Timberlake. <laughs> that's what's the joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he went. There was big controversy because the uh, Human Rights Watch and others, however, uh, called on him to boycott uh, this due to you know them murdering journalists and uh, other mm -hmm. things that they do. You know, chopping people's hands off and uh, mm -hmm. killing witches or people who do witchcraft that you know those kind of things <laughs> mm -hmm, because witchcraft is totally real right exactly yeah and we definitely live in like the 1600s so oh yeah, yeah. burn the witches um so let's go to norway uh why is the norwegian club trumps in our news uh because they got the, the first kit which i i assume is just their shirt Yes, it's not like their on their dress. It's not on their shopping. shorts and other things, or just, or is it? I, I think it's the whole kit. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. Whole okay. Kit. Yes. Um. Yes, I am using an ad blocker, CNN. Uh, <laughs> this has a QR code on it. Uh, when scanned, mm -hmm. it will directly uh, send users to a web page to learn about issues of sports. Sports washing and alleged human rights abuse, abuses surrounding the World Cup. Uh, yeah. It will incorporate a QR code and the colors of the 
Qatari flag and is being released by a Norwegian cl club Tronsa. On its website, it said the uniform is the first kit in history to have a QR code. Okay. Isn't that cool? Uh, yeah, we got a picture here. Oh, I thought it was going to just be like, you know, a box in, in on the, maybe on the back no, or on no, the front no. that was like a QR no, code, but no, there. like, no. the the design of the shirt, like, design. Yeah. is a cool, cool uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Is that super cool? Oh, and then they're actually on the sleeve. You can see that there is an individual, on each sleeve it has an individual QR code yep. as well. Yeah. So there's yep. like three different or three QR codes but they're all probably all the same one. Uh mm -hmm. and I would assume that there's another one on the back. What the hell is sports washing? By the way, I don't know what that is. Sports washing? Sports washing is what they say that this is uh speaking out on. Sport washing. No clue. Well, let me look it up and what do you think about Is it cleaning sports? Uh, Let's <laughs> well, there's like white, Let's... there's like whitewashing things, right? That where it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I assume. I had, let's see, sports washing is the practice of an individual, group, or corporation, or non-state, using a major or prestigious international sport to improve its reputation through hosting ah, a sporting like event. Do. Yes, the purchase or sponsorship of a sporting team, or by participating in the sport. So they're saying like, like they're doing. Right, Saudi Arabia is just doing this to make themselves look good, right? Right, and that is true. Sports washing. I never had heard mm -hmm. that ever before. No. Um, let's see. That's a cool, a cool thing to 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 be against. I mean, I I am totally against that. So, I, I mean, I'm looking up like articles about this really quick just to see how far. And I see an article from 2018 about sports washing. So it's this has been a term for a while. It's not like a new. Mm -hmm thing hmm, okay yeah we just never heard of it before uh movies i've seen some movies i've seen some very 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 good movies and i've seen one very very bad movie then i saw another very very good movie so let's start with a very very good movie the first movie i saw was actually a norwegian movie okay. i don't usually watch norwegian movies because they are shit to be fair uh, but I think this was on The Guardian's uh, top 50 list over best movies of the year. Uh, the name of the movie is called The Innocents. Uh, it is uh, directed by Eskil Vogt. And it is this extremely good uh, horror thriller uh, about uh, some ki kids uh, that... Uh, all of a sudden find out they have some very mysterious powers when when the adults are not there uh it's kids playing and i hate i hate when kids are in movies uh, especially if they are bad actors but this is good acting by kids and i'm like okay good acting by kids it's horrifying and it's very original, very original, very gripping. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the best movies I've seen this year. I'm going to give this nine and a half out of ten. I really recommend you this. This has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, right, okay. I'm trying to find it. It's the Innocence or the Innocent? Yeah, Innocence was C E S at the end, or yeah. No, no, E I N N 
O C E N T S. Oh, okay. Innocence. Okay. I, right. Okay. Yes. I thought you were saying the innocence. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, and I couldn't find it. Oh, here it is. All right. I found the IMDb. Okay. Yeah. There's like all. There's so many things called the innocent, the innocence, the innocent. <laughs> there's like a TV miniseries. There's a Spanish right. movie. There's all these different things. So, yeah, kind of hard to find. Uh, I saw The Protégé with Samuel Jackson and Maggie Q and was he? Oh yeah, Michael Keaton. Two three weeks ago, something like that. I want to say you saw this longer ago than maybe it was the only that long ago. I don't know. Um, I didn't. I was not a huge fan of this film to be honest. I remember mm. you th- liking it, right? Yeah, I I I thought it was totally okay. Uh, yeah, there was something about uh the story of like. Uh, her relationship with the two other guys that didn't, for some reason, it did not gel. I don't know if I was, I didn't like pay good enough attention or something, but something didn't make sense to me about like how the whole story went together of her being like this, uh, learning all these things from those people, right? If that, mm, not to ruin right. anything about the movie, um, right. Yeah, it just something was just off about the story to me. I thought the acting was fine. The action scenes were ho hum. I thought like the uh, fight choreography could have definitely used some work. Um, so overall, I'm gonna give. I gave it a four. So not bad, but like, it's definitely not something I would recommend to people. Hmm. Uh, another movie I saw this week uh, was Motherly. Uh, this is about uh, Kate and her uh, daughter Beth that lives in this isolated farmhouse in the woods and uh, something is sinister and uh, yeah her motherly instincts are put to the test to say it mildly this has gotten very good reviews so I went into this thinking I would love it I love horror movies uh I also like the director of this, but I did not like this movie one other little bit. I was a little surprised by the good good rating of this, but uh, yeah, no, I, something didn't click. I think maybe it was the acting, uh, the child acting in this is terrible. Okay. Uh, maybe it didn't help. Maybe it didn't help that I saw this directly after I saw the other. A Norwegian movie, so that could be uh, a thing that I kind of like saw them together. So. You judging judging it off one, yeah. the other one, yeah, right. Yeah, and it's kind of have some similarity plot plot lines here as well. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I it's not a bad and definitely not good. So I give it a five out of five uh, ten. Sorry. Uh, let's see, I saw Cop Shop with uh, everybody's favorite, oh, yeah. Frank Grillo. <laughs> everybody's favorite. He's like the, you know, from f- famously from Grillin' with Grillo on the HGTV. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not real. Uh, it also has, what, Alexis Louder and Gerard Butler as the main characters. But I thought the guy, this guy, Toby Huss, who plays like a... a kind of a serial killer uh, assassin. He's, like, probably the, <clears throat> the best... Uh, not the best actor, but the best character in the whole film. Did you, you Have you seen this or not? 
No. Okay. I've heard about it. Yeah. I definitely recommend it to you. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's got some twists and turns to it. It's got a, a very um, cool style. Stylistically, the way it's shot is very interesting. Uh, it's it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like every other movie. Uh, it's got a mystery element to it. It's got good action. It's also a comedy. It's kind of got everything. Uh, but it's there's something missing an ending to me where they didn't quite flush out like they could have had like one more little twist at the end or something but i'm not gonna i don't want to ruin anything like that um i don't know i'd probably give this a well what did i give it i give it a 7.5 i thought it was good i think it's definitely worth checking out uh Hmm. frank grillo is very good gerard butler is very good uh i guess alexis louder is like the main character she she's good too it's her character is a little strange at the end. It is what that's the part that confuses me. But I guess you watch it and uh, let me know what you think. I guess. Uh, the next movie I saw uh, was a movie when I told my dad what it was about. Said, "No, I don't want to watch that fucking cowboy <laughs> okay. movie." Uh, it is the power of the dog. My dad hates cowboy movies. Uh, he, I think it's a hit. It's on on scale with you hating musicals. Uh, but uh, I convinced uh, him and his uh, fiance. By the way, oh, congratulations to my dad. He's getting married. Oh, nice! Congratulations. Yes. Yes. Uh, to watch the power power of the dog on Netflix. Uh, this is with uh, Cumberbatch, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Kristen Dunst. And uh, Jesse uh, Fimmons, uh one of the best movies I've seen this year. Like, he- heads down. Loved it. Uh, very intellectual, very uh, underplayed, very intimate, very amazing. It is about this asshole of a ranch uh, owner that starts this psychological game with... Uh, his brother's wife and their teenage son into very buried secrets uh, are getting uncovered. Uh, maybe Benedict Cumberbatch best movie uh, I've seen him in. Uh, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Loved it. Uh, I guess the last movie I saw was we both saw was the whole the whole truth though. W H O L E, the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a not the not the best movie I've seen of the year. <laughs> no, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. I thought the no, it was okay. I thought that it had a good twist at the end, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the ver- like the twist at the end was good, but then the very ending was kind of like, why are we ending on this shot of all things we could end on? Like it, it definitely was creepy at the end. Uh, but it wasn't like, uh, it, it felt like we, we, we landed on maybe the wrong message to me, but I don't know the the overall, I liked like the, uh, mystery aspect of, of this movie. It was about, um, what, two kids whose mother gets hit by a car, right? And then they go to stay with their grandparents, uh, and... I guess they've never met their grandparents, is what what we find out. And they um, they look 
into this hole in the wall and they start seeing creepy creepy little girls in there right mm -hmm. and i guess the worst everything was good storyline wise i thought it was good i thought the acting was pretty decent but the special effects in this movie were the part that was <laughs> it was like why under, did you under par <laughs> you could have i think this movie would have been way like would have been decent for sure if the, yeah. they just would have done yeah. practical effects instead of using yeah. some weird terrible cgi from like the 1980s 60s right <laughs> um yeah, no, that's that's one of the biggest faults of this movie for sure. Uh, I mean, some of the acting is also not that good. I'm very, very glad that I didn't watch it dubbed because it is actually one of the worst movies I've seen dubbed in my entire life. Yeah, the dub was pretty bad. We, I like halfway through switched it over, but like the first yeah. part of it, I watched with the dub, and it was just it was the, atrocious. I. I Number one, they didn't follow, like, the subtitles of the original at all. Um, right. Right. Where was this from? I guess we should actually say where where it was from. Thailand? Th Thailand, uh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, it was on Netflix as well, by the way. And, uh, yeah, it, the storyline was great. It's the special effects that really ruined this movie. Uh, I don't know. What would you give it? I'll let you go first. Uh, I would give it a four. I give it a 4.5, so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they should have just done practical effects. They should have just had blood, you know, uh, fake blood or, you know, corn syrup and food coloring coming out of the little girl's mouth instead of doing the CGI. And this movie probably, I don't know, could have got a 6.5, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it's a movie that I, I think people should see because it is... I mean, I, I, I think... I think we need more like uh, this kind of movie where they at least try to tell a story from a different country, from a other right. perspective as well. And some of the practical effects, like the hole, was very, very fun. Like every time they watched right, the yeah. hole, I was surprised, and and that was very good. And I think the mystery aspect to me was the best because, like, we uh, what was the movie? The visit. There's a movie, The Visit, mm -hmm. that's an American film. That we were like, oh, this this going to be super similar to that going into it, mm. but then it like really gives it twists and turns you, and you think you're seeing that movie, and then all of a sudden it's a mm -hmm. whole different film. Um, yeah, we're not going to spoil it, but right, yeah. but yeah, it's very definitely interesting. So just on the fact that it's very unique, I would say people should see it, but yeah, still not great, great. So, Luke, are we going to watch the trailer for the 99.4 movie, Wolf, with uh, the amazing actor Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer? Uh, no, we're going to watch the 2021 movie, Wolf. Ooh. That's not Jack Nicholson. We're watching a trailer now, Fro, just so you know. Once there was a place in the woods... Where they sent people who didn't fit into the real world. A human animal. Okay. Species identity disorder can be cured, so that a person who thinks the species an dysphoria can resume a happy, healthy, and rewarding life. I want to do it. It's the best thing for everyone. So it's people who think they're animals. I'm a little sad that none of those people are Jack Nicholson, but sure. They say the wolf and the wildcat are natural enemies. Ooh. Oh, 
Nocturnal. I love that movie. Since I can remember. Wildcat? I guess she's talking about like bobcats or something. Keep clear of him. I think this movie looks up my corner. I love everything about what I've seen so far. Yeah, the cinematography looks amazing. The acting looks yeah. good. The story looks crazy. I'm, it's hard to tell what the story is so far. Just that well, there. You see. There was a wolf. Yeah. And a wildcat. Jack Nicholson stopped his car. Then they got bitten. And now he. And now he's eating a deer. Okay. I mean, it's definitely just a story about them being in a hospital. Oh, now they're escaping, obviously. Oh, that, that's cool. Human That's so fucking amazing. Yeah, that looks gosh. That looks really good so far. Wolf. Cool. December 3rd, only in theaters. Okay. So, look, what is this uh, Oscar nominated movie all about? Believing he is a wolf trapped in a man's body, Jacob eats, sleep, sleeps, and lives like one, much to the shock of his family. When he's sent to a clinic, Jacob and his animal-bound peers are forced to undergo increasingly extreme forms of curative therapies. However, once he meets the mysterious wildcat, their friendship blossoms into undeniable infatuation, and Jacob must decide whether to renounce his true self uh, for love. Hmm. I don't know how that would work, but uh, mm. let's see. It's got Lily Rose Depp, George McKay, Fiona O'Shea, and... Sean Jennings. Okay. Yeah. And uh, directed by a very, very good director as well. So maybe this will be good look. It's got 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not great. A 4.6 no, out of 10 on IMDb. That's not great either. 1 out of 5 no. on Movie Insider. That's really not great. And 55% no. of Google users, which for that, the Google That's user score is usually... low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, okay. Uh, DC3 on Rotten Tomatoes gave it three stars. Said not a fan of the uh, ending. The build-up was good. Acting was good. I like the dude from 1917. Yes, that was the dude from 1917. Depp's kid is chill. Please, never... Ever write a view, review again? I loved Littlefinger. He's always dope as a villain type. <laughs> what is happening? Mm -hmm. Wish the ending went some something dull, spelled D O E. It was something dull. Okay, I see what you're doing. I see. Okay. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, movie Deputy gave it one star. Incredibly disturbing and completely fucked up. <laughs> that makes me kind of want to see it, but... Uh, yes! <laughs> but 
but Jennifer Townsend uh, at, on the Facebook page said, this is literally the stupidest and most cringe-inducing things I've ever seen. The idea that this went through multiple levels of approval to get to this point is just mind-blowing. Uh, wow. But Kim L. says the movie was good. It's different, thought-provoking, and the acting was pretty great. I didn't realize the topic was a real thing. For the record, uh, it's not a werewolf movie. Uh, so, yeah. I think we figured that out from the trailer, though. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Well, if you look at, like, the... uh, If you look at the title, and then you look at the uh, poster for it, or, like, the thumbnail of the trailer, you could definitely think it was that um i guess uh tracy del rio says it it quite interesting but i enjoy it i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) it's it's interesting but they still enjoy it so apparently things that are interesting they most of the usually they don't enjoy interesting things like yeah yeah yeah. who enjoys interesting things (laughs) Uh, I'm way uh, into like boring stuff. <laughs> boring stuff was so cool. Uh, uh, also coming out this week, Jesus Christ, uh, Bendera. Uh, this is a drama trailer thing. Uh, 17th century Nam becomes entangled in a forbidden lesbian affair. Oh. But her shocking religious vision that is threatened to shake the church is to its very core oh it's with paul verhoeven oh i love paul verhoeven movies (laughs) this is a movie i really want to see them i don't even know who that is Uh, okay uh 6.7 out of 10 on imdb 83 percent on rotten tomatoes 73 percent on metacritic critics uh, you definitely have seen Robocop. Look, he's the one that uh, directed Robocop. Oh, did he? Okay. Um, yes. Citizen Ash. Filmmakers Rex Miller and Sam Pollard chronicle Arthur Ashe's many contributions to the sport of tennis and his human rights activism. Uh, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 76% of Medi- on Metacritic, um, let's see, oh, well, it's a documentary, so, but it's directed by Rex Miller and Sam Pollard. Uh, Torn is also a documentary, uh, on, uh, October 5th, legendary climber Alex Lowe was, uh, tragically lost, uh, alongside cameraman and fellow climber, David Bridges in the avalanches on slopes in the Tibetan mountain. Oh, Shipshabangima. Uh, wow, Lowe okay. <laughs> has directed it. Uh, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 8.6 uh, out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, true to the Game 3. I didn't ever know there was a True to the Game I, 1 or yeah. 2. I was just going to say. But there, I see them right here in the Google search. You can see True to the Game and True to the Game 2, which came out in 2020. I'd never, I don't, I, never heard of any of them. Sure. Quidar, who was thought to be dead, turns out to be Gina's savior. He gives Gina 72 hours to check on her family in Philadelphia, but the feds are closing in, and the pair have to escape havoc before they can... Have a new life together. Uh, 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. 77% on wherever I look. 
Have you ever heard of that before? Ninety uh, percent of Google users liked it. Uh, okay. So that the Google score. But guess who's in this? Jeremy Meeks. Do you know who Jeremy Meeks is? Mm, I heard a name. He's a model. He's most famous for being the hot, uh, the hot guy who like was arrested and then they took a the a mug shot of him and it went like super viral on the internet. Do you remember this? Um, something saying like a little bird saying it in my back of right. I'm just saying he's not an actor. <laughs> Here, let me yeah. send. You, I'll send you a picture. Uh, and you you go on to the next movie. Twas the night. Twas the night. Okay. Okay. Cool. A young engaged couple accidentally commits a murder on Christmas Eve while hosting a b dinner party with their son to be in laws. Oh, okay. Soon, oh, soon to be in laws. Like son, son to be in laws. But yeah, soon. That makes more sense. Grammatically, grammatically, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> son and soon, two ends. Oh, uh, five points for and to be sorry. Forty <laughs> uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Soon and son. Okay. Uh, Silent Night. Is that where we're at? Yeah, Silent Night. Mm -hmm. Uh. A couple invite their closest friends to join the family for Christmas dinner at their idyllic home uh, in the English countryside. As the group comes together, it feels like old times, but behind all the laughter and merriment, something isn't quite right. The world outside is facing impending doom, and no amount of gifts, games, or wine can make mankind's imminent destruction go away. Huh. That sounds kind of interesting. This also has Lily Rose Depp in it. She's on a roll, I guess, this week. It's got Kira Knightley in it and Matthew Good. Ooh, like her. Um, five point seven out of ten on IMDb, fifty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, fifty-two percent on Metacritic, sixty-five percent on Google users liked it. It's not great scores, to be honest. Hmm. Try harder is a documentary. Filmmaker David. Pl D no, for fuck's sake, fro. Learn to read. Filmmaker Debbie Lum, not David Lum, uh, profiles five gifted students of the prestigious Love <laughs> Jesus Christ. Lowell High School in San Francisco as they face the most often brutal and rigorous process of college applications. And uh, this has seven point seven out of ten. But I'm to be 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and 90% of Google users like this movie. And if anybody wanted proof that I am a little bit dyslectic, this is uh, their episode. Okay, uh, there's the picture of Jeremy Meeks in the chat, by the way. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 the tear, the tear guy, yes. Right. It, like, his picture, this mugshot went super viral, and now apparently he's in a movie? Like, that's mm. that's what happens. And here's this, what when wherever I look website that they were saying gave this movie a score. What is this website? Look at this thing. 
this is the most random thing I have ever seen in my entire life. I can't even figure out how they, to like they, navigate this website. They have re- <laughs> no, they have reviews of season five of nine one one, but also High Tone and Nicole Byer. What Below you will find re- latest recaps and reviews of TV series we're covering. Wherever. Who's we? Yeah, I don't understand this. Let's see. Maybe if I go... No. Is there an About Us section? What is this website? <laughs> it's a shit website. Yeah, it's terribly put together. Why is... Yeah. Strange. Oh, strange. Dead. Oh, okay. Coming next week. Uh, news of the week. Uh, TV and movies of the week. Inside Job episode 8. And then another digital... Uh-huh. Movie- what? I found it. Okay. I found it. Found what? Yes. Uh, about us. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh, yes. One second. I'm let me finish. Another digital review of La Liste. Everything or nothing. Sounds French. It uh, definitely sounds French. Indeed. Here you go. Okay. Amari Ala says, I started wherever I look back in 2011 and has aimed to be friends. Aim to, to be, be friends. that friend who loved. Friend. Oh, I see. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Uh, loves watching various forms of media and talking about it. So, uh, Bias, strong opinion, and perspective you may not have uh, thought about, you will find in our reviews. I guess these are the three, like, people who are the writers. Uh, okay. Nicole is obsessed with movies and TV since she mm-hmm. was a kid. Uh, Tawana, an avid lover of stand-up comedy, documentary, films. I don't... It's just, like, three friends who got together and made this website. Why are they, like, referencing this as, like, hmm... I, I have no clue. And here's uh, uh, more about them. Uh, about wherever I look, there's uh, about the o- over. Uh, yeah, this is what I was looking this, for. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the overall goal with this website is to fill the space between average fan and critic. Okay. To be that person who formerly, when you went to the theater or box office, when you went to a blockbuster, could say, "This is good." This you'll like it if you are into that, or simply don't waste your time. This is done by breaking down topics, so instead of a mountain of text only broken up by quote blocks and pictures, things are more easily digestible. What? What? <laughs> uh, so that is wherever uh, colon uh, i colon look dot com. Uh, what's well, a dash, not a colon? Such. But yes. Oh, dash. Yes. And then they go into like. How our posts are written. Hmm. This is our writing style is is in a controversial tone as part of our goal of bridging the gap between average friend and critic, making it where you feel like you're talking to a friend or at least someone who recognizes most people watch, read, or attend things for enjoyment. Hey, hey, cool. wow. Okay, I think we need to do more research into this website. This is weird. This is super weird. <laughs> What a weird website. Okay, uh, well, what movie do you want to see? Anyway, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I'm a little, like, flast, uh, flabbergasted. Um, 
I actually really, really want to see the wolf. Uh, but other than that, I think I really want to see Try Harder. Okay. Yeah, Try Harder was the one that I was going to say. Uh, that looks the best to me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, this website has still got me going like, what is, what is happening? Um... <laughs> it's such a weird website. It's just like... Uh, and it says, like, about writing style. It says, our writing style is in a controversial tone. As a part of the goal of bridging the gap, yeah. That's what I just read, yeah, yeah. Fan and critic. Yeah, it's such, like, hello? Hmm, yeah. What? What is your rating system? Here we go. Positive rating... Positive... Rated media are productions that either met or surpassed expectations based on what was advertised or viewed. Positive ratings, 80 and above. Recommended rating range of 85 or above. It qualifies to be recommended. However, it is not up to our writers to choose whether to label that good. What? What? <laughs> when you're putting a like what? numerical value on it, I think you're saying whether it's good or not. <laughs> What a bunch of weird things. Huh, this is very wow. strange. This is definitely strange indeed. We're not in the business of hate-watching anything. Generally speaking, we watch things we've paid for, hence we us embracing the idea that we're more so an average fan or consumer than a critic. So when it comes to things listed within On the Fence or is noted as criticism, it... It's of disappointment based on expectations due to marketing or how, or because of how production began. Okay, so they're like, okay. they're trying to justify being like, they're like, we're not crit, we're not critics, we're no, not really not. No, we are putting a numerical value on how good something is or not, it's but like we're yes. not critiquing it. <laughs> we are breaking down everything about it, but we're not critics. Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> what a weird, weird, weird thing. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, did you talk about what we were doing next week? Sorry. Yeah, we already did that. Uh, okay. French movie, remember? So, yeah. So we're we're onto the yes. we're onto the final round. Uh, the Jeremy round without Jeremy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um. H3H3 new lawsuit? Did we talk about that last week? I don't even remember no, at this point. We... There's so many lawsuits. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, Alright, anything you got for the Jeremy round? Uh, yeah. Uh, I watched Nikki Tutorials for once because uh, they did a Adele interview. Okay. Uh, that was very, very interesting, them talking to, to each other. She's a very good... She's a very good, uh, like, interviewer. I liked it. Uh, she, she's the one that was in Eurovision last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I thought I was like the name is super familiar, but I can't a hundred percent. But yeah, I remember her now. Um, history. There's this. I just sent it to you. History. TikTokers viral claim that ancient Rome doesn't exist. Uh, so there's a bunch of people online that think Rome isn't real. Uh, it's sparked a debate of, among academics with niche community of historians on TikTok with clips saying ancient Rome isn't real. Uh, the TikToker has racked up 900 or 94,000 followers 
Her bio states that she has a bachelor's degree in anthropology and history. Okay, so, uh, yeah, there's this whole thing going around that uh, ancient Rome isn't real. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I also tried to build it in five days, and it didn't go, so... <laughs> it didn't work, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Rome wasn't built in five days, so it's probably not real. It says, uh, she says, there are massive gaps in the archaeological rec record and argued Greece was the power player at the time uh, period, uh, not Rome. Okay. Hmm. She acknowledged that Rome was an empire, but compared the civilization's culture to the economic power of Disney or the circus in today's society. I don't... Okay, sure. You know, I've seen a lot of chess... That's uh, more or less what I've seen. I've not been so very uh, busy on YouTube this week. Uh, the most YouTube things I've seen is, is actually uh, chess-related. Oh, okay. Kyle Rittenhouse was at uh, Steven Crowder's uh, thing on YouTube this week. Uh, or today, actually. I didn't see it. I just saw that he was going to be there in an interview. Okay. So, I'm I'm probably going to watch that when we uh, are done with this podcast. Something we are very, very soon, because it's getting more and more impossible to record. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. It, uh, something going on with the internet, obviously. Mm -hmm. All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Whoa, 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 Frog. And uh, uh, his name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. Another, di another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. 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 Citizen.